Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and the CEO of Collecti Labs, Mr. Selman G, is in the building. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the FedNow Faster Payment System is set to go live in 2023. As the world of finance becomes increasingly digital, our team debates which projects will have the largest impact on global banking. VeChain enters a new partnership, further utilizing their blockchain solutions, while JP Morgan is warning investors to go sell your crypto. U.S. dollar dominance is dropping around the world as the DXY is reaching a 20-year high. With the impending bear market on the horizon, we shed light on how the United States dollar is set to perform. Flare Networks is ready to launch as the first airdrop of the FLR token takes place this September, as Cardano founder Charles Hodgkins makes an official statement in regards to the Vasil fork. And with the market reaching a pivotal point, we discuss how our listeners can identify successful projects during the bear market. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So let's just get this thing started off and started off correctly, Johnny Crypto. Tomorrow morning is an exciting day, and that is because we got BitBoy Crypto joining the show. Want to put that out there for our listeners. If there's anything you want us to ask BitBoy, put it in the live comment section. I'm going to be going through after the show and picking a couple questions to ask our special guests. But Johnny Crypto, with that out of the way, why don't you get us started on this Tuesday? How you feeling, my friend? Ah, I'm feeling great. It's a beautiful day as always. Beautiful back here on Abs's rear porch deck. One day you guys got to get down here to Florida and check this view out. It's awesome. But good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Happy to see you guys. They're here every day like true warriors. And uh, so happy to be here with our brother and sister, Selman and Joyful Jackie. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jackie. Selman G, we got a comment here. The train has left the station and we're going to break that down. Hopefully there's some Ripple XRP connections and we're going to bring a couple of those for our listeners. But what's on your mind, Selman, and how are you feeling on this Tuesday? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all warriors out there. Sending you all much love and energy. It's a fantastic uh, day, right? It's a beautiful Tuesday. I love Tuesdays, but I also want to send much love to one of our loyals, the, the most loyal um, members out there, Jalissa. She had an accident, so we're sending her much love and uh, we're um, sending prayers to her. So, guys, I'm super excited for this show. It's going to be while we have. Great content as always. Apps is killing it. You know, he's the best host in the world. So uh, get ready, buckle up. Let's Thank go. you so much, Selman. And we're going to go to Jackie this morning. Jackie, you came in on time. Just kidding. No, you didn't. But I want to kick it to you this morning. How are you feeling, Jackie? And thanks for making time for us as always. I love the jokes. I love the teasing. Yeah. That's seriously how I grew up. It was all, it's all poking, poking the bear. So <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I, it's good, so good to be on. I absolutely love you guys. So it, it brightens my day every day to see all spaces. Awesome. And shout out to Julissa. I didn't know about that, Selman. So sending high vibes to Julissa. Wish you a speedy recovery. We're going to get this thing started off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. At 3TGM Crypto, you get access to every single member of our team. And if you don't get enough of Johnny Crypto on this channel, that's the other place to do so. So go check it out and, and go smash that follow button. 
The Bitcoin fear and greed index. We're sitting in moderate fear this morning. We're at a 27 and the market's dipping. We're actually below a trillion. I don't think there's anything for Johnny to address, but when we look at the total coin market cap, we are dipping heavily this morning, sitting at 966 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We got Bitcoin, Bitcoin below 20,000 at 19,700. Ethereum, 1,500. XRP is 32 cents. Oh my goodness. Cardano, 44 cents. Cosmos, $11. Algorand, 28 cents. VeChain, we're going to dive into a new partnership today where they're actually utilizing their blockchain solution for the cannabis industry. So interesting stuff happening with VeChain. Hedera, six cents. And Quant is $95 this morning. Selman G, we know you got some technical analysis prepared. So I'm going to go to Johnny Crypto first. Johnny, when you look at some of the buying opportunities in the market today, what sticks out to you? And in particular, how do you feel about $95 Quant? You know, uh, for me, it's always about dollar cost averaging in. The question is, when do you start and stop that dollar cost averaging in? And that's different for every single person. Um, personally, to be honest with you, I've always felt we'd get a little dry. I thought we'd bottom out in July. I thought we'd get a pump through August and September. I'm not so sure we're going to get that pump in September anymore. But I do believe, Abs, that we're going to see a drop um, between now in September, October, November-ish time frame. So for me, the way I'm feeling is I kind of – for me right now, it's a wait and see because I'm a long-term holder, so it really doesn't matter. I don't panic. I don't care. I sleep good at night. But I am looking for – when do I start my DCAing back in? And I want to wait and to see, you know, what happens in the September and October months because historically they tend to be bad months for the stock market. And we know to some extent this market kind of tracks the stock market. Um, so for me, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait to see what happens. And then maybe I'll start dollar cost averaging in if we see some big drops in, you know, September, October, and November. So that's my plan. Awesome. Thank you so much, Johnny. And we got 140 live listeners already joining us on this Tuesday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And right now, that has to do with the quant chart. Jackie, we're showing our listeners a picture of the quant chart stating that $50 may be a key zone of support for that chart in particular. But what are some of the projects that you're keeping an eye on? And we do have a VeChain development. How do you feel about VeChain? Um, I love all those projects that you just quickly ran over. <laughs> Quant, I absolutely love Quant as well. Um, I did do my due diligence since Jeremiah called me out on Twitter. Um, and I think that is a good support buy zone um, that we that we talked about. Johnny was spot on last time that we had touched down in there. Um, he said that he was dollar cost averaging in on that point. I think that is a good point if we do touch down there again. Don't wait, guys. Um, if, if you're seeing good, good buy zones, definitely jump in. What I think of VeChain, love VeChain. We've been huge on VeChain for years now. Um, that was probably one of the top three. Yeah, one of the first three cryptos that I've ever bought in my life. Um, so I'm I'm a strong believer in VeChain. Uh, it had a nice run way, way back when. And then it, it definitely slowed down since I think, yeah, probably since the end of 2019 going into 2020 and then we haven't really seen you know tons and tons come but i think a lot of people are are considering that one a sleeper so it'll definitely have its time and with more and more partnerships coming to v chain i can only imagine the market cap is going to grow as well selman g i'm kicking it to you my friend talk a little bit about v chain but what are some of the projects you're keeping an eye on matic is one of the ethereum scaling solutions that i think is going to be massively profitable over these next couple of years is that a project that you're watching Absolutely. Like Matic had great partnerships, you know, um, 
announced a couple of weeks ago and months ago. So Matic is really building. Polygon is growing, guys. But on the other hand, VeChain, uh, you, you guys know, they have been here for a long time now and they're still building. They got great partnerships and they're still improving their technology. So they're also active in the automobile industry, right? So it's it's a big, uh, big deal. But of course, if it doesn't resonate with you, don't touch it at all. But this is what we always recommend. And then uh, you got, um, you know, I don't want to talk about the L1, you know, layer one solutions like XRPL and Ethereum, et cetera. They're all great. Uh, but then, you know, you have um, other projects like Quan. I really hope Quan drops to $40, $50 so I can accumulate. I missed the train. But um, who knows? Uh, maybe if Bitcoin really dumps to 14 or 12K, uh, it, I would officially declare that day the world dollar cost average uh day so don't forget uh but for now of course risking it a little bit and accumulating maybe like five percent of your portfolio maybe ten percent of your portfolio isn't a bad idea uh, because as long as we sit above 20k as long as bitcoin resists to uh, stay above then you know we don't really have to be worried uh, now uh, 12k or 14k is still on the table but things could change drastically. Let me show you the screen, uh, the, the charts here. Um, I want to start with S&P. So currently you should see the S&P chart here. I brought up the price volume as well. I want to show you that we are actually approaching the support zone. Um, and this might be the bounce. Like we could still see a little bit of uh, bearish uh, moves in the crypto space as well. Uh, as you know, Bitcoin is copying S&P. And then at some point, we're going to find support and see a response, maybe a relief bounce, or this is going to be the bottom and things change. But don't forget, this Friday, we're going to have um, important data coming from the Fed uh, and from the government. That's important. And on the uh, and don't forget, uh, we have the CPI rate coming mid-September and then the FOMC meeting in three weeks. So it's going to be a very volatile uh, month. For cryptocurrencies and you know for all markets so please pay attention to this with that pullback you know I'm I'm actually hoping for a bounce so we will see these um, you know we will see a lot of volatility uh, but that doesn't have to be bearish um, it's just important that you know that um, after a huge buy the rumors sell the news campaign um, the market is a little cooling down a lot of metrics already show um, undervaluing undervaluation for bitcoin so keep that in mind but Selman, before you dive into yeah. the remainder of your technical analysis i'd love to run some headlines by our group just so we can break it up a little bit we'll get some headlines and some technical analysis in between stories that way when we do a story corresponding with quant we'll break down the quant technical analysis and so on one of the things i wanted to ask Selman in particular was that xls 20d has their vote has reached 80 percent and if the votes re remain above 80 percent for two weeks that means NFTs are going to be launched on the XRPL very, very soon. Selman G, I wanted to get some thoughts on this article. We know you've launched your project on the XRPL. What does this news mean to you? This is bullish. Like, uh, we've been waiting for this for so long. Finally, you see Solana, Ethereum, all of them had a great start. And when Greed kicked in, all of them were so hyped. And people believe Ethereum NFTs will be the future. It's the one and only blockchain. But nope, it's just... There was a hype. That's it. But imagine it was in 2017. Like imagine the last bull run was in 2017. The bigger bull run will, is just right around the corner, maybe 2024. So Ripple is still early. We copied a lot. 
we learned so much all the mistakes and all the uh, you know the the advantages of of the other layer ones uh, blockchains and what happened now is ripple improved that and is coming out with the xls20 uh, standard and so right now we needed 28 votes in total and uh, now that we have these votes uh, we just need to wait two more weeks and then officially we would um you can actually launch your nfts now with smart contracts just like on ethereum on the most carbon friendly blockchain out there the fastest and you know one of the fastest and the most uh, secure blockchains out there and don't forget guys the um, developer summit is right around the corner it's going to happen next week and so this is actually kind of like predicted so that they're going to announce it there and then a week later boom uh, xls20 comes out so keep that in mind guys it's going to be wild Awesome. And we have an update from Florida as they're going cashless. Starbucks is only accepting credit card and digital payment going forward at specific locations. This is one of those locations. Jackie, I got to ask you a question. We've always talked about how the world, ever since the C-19 crisis, has labeled cash as digital, cash as trash, cash is going away. This is an example of that. How do you feel about Starbucks only accepting credit cards and digital payments going forward at certain locations? Yeah, I think that's kind of writing, moving into um, the narrative that we've always been talking about. We knew this is going to come. I even, even Coach JV on his channel was talking about how, um, you know, some companies, businesses were getting rid of um, coins, um, not accepting coin anymore. Um, and that was, that was almost a year ago. So it's, I, and Starbucks is kind of one that I actually am not surprised to see one of, uh, see this like coming from them as, you know, as a company initially, just because they're, they seem to read, be right on the forefront of this cryptocurrency NFT, um, bringing that, um, about into the, into the public, into the mainstream. Um, so yeah, that's, it's right along with adoption. Um, kind of, kind of interesting to see. It's funny though. Um, there's some restaurants here in Arizona that they'll give you a 10% discount if you pay them in cash, um, to avoid, you know, tax, <laughs> to avoid reporting on their taxes and things like that. So, I mean, you play it one way or the other, right? <laughs> Gary Gensler, do your job, my friend. But we got 160 live listeners. Smash that like button. We're about to dive into the news for today. As the Federal Reserve has announced that their instant payment system is going to be going live in 2023, we're going to get some of the details as the vice chair makes the announcement here. Then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. Service kicking off in mid-September. I want to particularly thank you the early adopters for the important investments you're making to prepare for the day when the FedNow service goes live. Together, we'll be ready to launch the FedNow service between May and July of 2023, bringing this innovative core instant payments infrastructure to financial institutions of every size across America. Selman, the first thing that sticks out to me there is she called us early adopters, and that is clear. The ones who are the early adopters, they profit the most FedNow is about to launch their system. Do you think there's any Ripple XRP ties in this announcement, Salman? Um, to be honest, when I saw this news to, this morning, I wasn't able to, to check it out. But uh, one thing's for sure, you know, if they don't work with Ripple, then it kind of looks like they manipulate all of this just to bring their own technology. But I'm certain they are working with Ripple in the background. They want their fair share. So I still see... Um, that there there are ties and um it's you know it smells like something's cooking so guys we're gonna hear more about it in the upcoming weeks or months maybe 
you're going to see how all of that is connected. Um, actually, you know, I'm not super bullish on that kind of news, of course, right? Um, but uh, still, you know, as a XRP investor, of course, I want uh, these kind of updates to to you know um, build my wealth, and it's certainly um, a great great news update in in that term. Yes, and I want to read one quick quote before we kick it to Jackie. The vice president claims that real-time payments are not just part of the financial future, but an inevitability for the United States as the country migrates to an era of digital payments. The time is now for all key stakeholders to devote their resources necessary to support instant payments, said the vice chair. This means upgrading back office processes, evaluating accounting procedures to accommodate a seven business day week. The five-day business week is going away. The seven-day business week is here. What's interesting about this new payment system, Jackie, is that with new payments, they're going to be able to do what's called drip payments. So if you work at Walmart, let's say in the future, you're going to clock in and then you're going to get paid instantaneously. Money will be sent directly to your account. So at the end of the day, you don't have to wait for Friday to your paycheck. You walk out of work with the money that you've earned. But I'd love to hear some of your developments here, Jackie. They talk about how the time is now to devote the necessary means to upgrade into instant payments. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, the question that you posed to Selman earlier, um, I think 100% that they would be working with Ripple um, and XRP to do something like this. Uh, it just kind of makes sense with the utility that um, XRP has, um, that they would kind of go hand in hand with something that they are doing as far as drip payments, as far as, I mean, they talked about instant um, payments seven days a week. Um, I don't, I just don't see how they would be able to do that without a type of or yeah, without the same um, utility that XRP poses. Thank you, Jackie. And we're showing our listeners a tweet of how Volante, who's actually partnered with the Federal Reserve, could be using Ripple XRP to complete their instant settlement system. Ripple would actually be the liquidity, like we always talk about, the liquidity between separate currencies. Johnny Crypto, I see you join the live stream. What are some of your thoughts on the FedNow announcement and the fact that Ripple may be connected due to this Volante partnership? I think to me... And sorry, guys, I had to step away. Um, but to me, I think that's the most important part. And I missed the beginning of the article, Ab, so I'm not sure where you went. But I, the, the relationship between Volante and, and the Fed now and then pulling in XRP to me is the most important. I say this all the time. It's who you know, not what you know. And if they've got this connection, the Fed now has chosen Volante to do the work and they're bringing in XRP, that's freaking huge in my opinion. But I'm not sure if that's the case because I missed the beginning of the conversation. Is Volante, was they, were they hired by uh, the Fed? By the, so by it's the a Fed little market? bit of deep diving here, right, Johnny? There's a little story behind it. So Volante partnered with the Federal Reserve several years ago, then came out with an article stating that they could use XRP to complete their instant settlement system. People are kind of connecting the dots, and now that's how we got to that conclusion. Gotcha. I see. And to me, that's kind of how it works, right? You do have to connect the dots, and that you connect those dots, you start to see – like, hmm, what's going on over here? And then maybe you start to understand why there's a lawsuit going on. Things happening for a reason, right? But to me, this is exciting. I love seeing these dots. And uh, we just have to continue to connect them, keep following the story and see where it goes. But it's certainly it's, it's um, exciting to say, none the least, to see Volante choosing XRP as a solution. Awesome, guys. And we got 197 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue with this Federal Reserve news. As the Federal Reserve signals that instant payments are inevitable and not going to be an option in the future. They stated that from 2020 to 2022, the global pandemic was a critical part of pushing the financial institutions to update their payment infrastructure. 
Their technology allows people to transact at any time from anywhere without limitations. And the Federal Reserve is aiming to provide this exact same service. Selman, I know you didn't have too much time to research the actual specifics of the article, but when we talk about how C-19 pushed everyone digital, that's something I'm sure you can get behind. How do you feel about the Federal Reserve acknowledging that the C-19 crisis was actually good for global adoption of digital assets? If government officials tell you that this is kind of a blessing, what happened and just keep in mind, uh, based on my experience, um, that means not good stuff, basically. You know, um, it's ha- it's a blessing for them, of course, not for us. But guys, um, Germany, for example, we we are maybe the like one of the only uh, people on Earth that love cash than anything else. Like cash paying with physical money is valuable, more valuable than digital. And so 80 percent. Uh, of the people were paying cash, but things change after the pandemic, and now you know money is dirty. So that was a great introduction, even for us in Germany and some other uh, European countries. So this kind of news updates tells me that you know there is a big agenda, uh, which is good or bad doesn't matter. But yeah, we are really going into that digital era. So um, us being super early to this, we know the game. I'm t- trying to teach my my uh, my family about it, but they don't want to listen. But there is a huge shift happening. And I'm super happy that all of us here are, um, we woke up and we know what's going on. So this kind of news is not really su- uh, surprising. We knew that's going to come, right? Johnny Crypto is talking about it every day. Um, and now it's, it's a blessing for us to know, to know it before the masses do. And we act accordingly. So um, I'm, I'm super bullish. Johnny, Coach JV always says, know the game so you don't get played. This is a good example of that. Coach JV has been talking about how the Fed now and banks around the world are going to be custodying your cryptocurrency in the future. This is not only validation of that news, but this is validation that many of the XRP, sorry, many of the blockchains that are operating today, such as XRP, are going to be utilized for their use cases going forward. And we can actually eye a date of March 10th, 2025. That's when we're supposed to have full implementation of the new banking system. Maybe you can talk about what this means to you, Johnny, the fact that the Federal Reserve is now announcing, this isn't speculation, they're going live in 2023. Yeah. uh, You said, is it 2023 or 2025? Uh, Well, they go live in 2023, but full implementation is 2025. Right. And this is why you hear me say on this show all the time, what do I always say? I'm holding it. I'm not wearing it to win. 2025. There you go. Because 2025 is when, and and to be honest with you, that's just when stuff starts to happen. <laughs> That's just when stuff starts to happen. Okay. Then it's kind of like when the internet started in 1997. Okay. In 1999, you know, the figure two years later, things are starting to happen. But, you know, Amazon didn't hit 3000 in 1997 or 1999. It hit it, you know, just recently. So it's 20 years later. So the reality is, Things are going to get started now between now and 2025. And that's just when the excitement gets going. And then you start to see what really is going to happen. And then from there, you got probably 10, 20 years of growth in this space, which is why I'm super excited because we're all sitting and putting ourselves in a system that has exponential growth coming. And if you remember what Yosko said, most people can't even wrap their heads around exponential growth, what it means. But I think it's coming, Abs. And that's why I'm excited. And this is just further validation that it's coming in 2025, we don't know what's coming. That's the thing. We'll have to wait and see. But the nice thing is we know within the next two years, we're going to know if XRP or which one is the chosen one. 
Yes, exactly, Johnny. And we're showing our listeners a group of tokens that are supposedly ISO compliant. And the reason that we're showing you these is because if we do shift over into this new banking system, these would be the blockchains and the currencies that are set to profit the most off of that move. But we've got plenty of news lined up for our listeners. And I want to show them this Jim Cramer news. As Jim Cramer says, the stock market could have a solid finish to the year. We use this as an opposite indicator, right? So it's actually good well, not good news, but it is news that Jim Cramer is announcing positive because I think we're going to be extremely negative over these next few months. Johnny, we'll kick it back to you, then work our way down the group. Yeah, I mean, you said it, the opposite indicator, right? There it is right there. So I actually wish he would have said, I was actually hoping that this was going to say that the market was going to have, was going to tank because then I feel a lot better that we're going up. But the reality is, you know, if he's saying it's going up, we know we're going down. That's number one. Number two, we've been saying it here too. I personally believe that starting is, you know, I was thinking more towards the end of September, October, November, we're going to head down. So those thoughts I had, plus Kramer saying we're going up, kind of almost validates that we're going, we're going down. And that's why abs I'm waiting to see when I DCA in, you know, more towards the end of this year, I'll probably try to DCA back in. So for now, I'm just going to keep saving my money, put it in, you know, just keep building up those cash reserves and uh, get ready to roll in when it makes sense. Johnny, I want to remind our listeners that just a couple of weeks ago, he went on to CNBC and said that he would be buying Ethereum at 1900. I took that news. I took a little bit of profit on Ethereum at 1900. And what do you know? It was a right move to make. But Selman, I saw you had some comments. So the floor is yours, Selman. Yep. I actually really, really want to show you the Bitcoin chart, guys, because uh, I've shared it with the group here um, on Sunday. And it's just scary. It's really scary because um, now... I'm using a certain indicator called market cipher, right? And it the, the yellow cross is interesting. It tells you that there is a manipulation going on that tells you that watch out. It looks like it's going back up, but it's fake. Uh, whales are manipulating right now. And so the funny thing is on the weekly time frame that got confirmed, we got that yellow cross and uh, I'm checking out the chart on Bitstamp. This is pretty much on TradingView shows you from 2011 or 2012 up until now the history of bitcoin and we never saw a yellow cross on the weekly time frame this is the first time we saw it and i brought up the price volume as well i just want to tell you this if we can find support above 18,800, then there is a chance a very high chance that we could easily drop to 15 and then eventually this zone here the 13,800 zone. This is our, uh, I don't want to say like it's a local top before we've seen the massive, you know, um, previous all time high 19 or 20 K in 2017. So 13,800 is important. Um, and we got price volume there. So if we can close here, keep in mind, these gaps here will be filled. We could easily drop to the, uh, to the next, uh, bigger, uh, peak. So keep that in mind, please. So it is volatile. We could still see some ups, yes, but you, you see what happened to S&P, right? Um, it can pull back. It can continue. And so right now, I am dollar cost averaging into dollars. I'm accumulating dollars, basically. So I'm accumulating dollars. I'm waiting um, until um, I see that great foundation, great um, bottom. But keep in mind, you can still risk it 5 or 10% of your portfolio if you want. But wait for a good break. If it drops to 14 or maybe 12K, 12K is going to be on average a very good support zone. Um, I don't want to look at like, okay, is it time to buy or something? No. On, on a risk reward ratio, it is definitely 
a very good buying opportunity. No financial thought, uh, advice, of course, but design your game plan. Uh, this is going to be like, this is a time to uh, build wealth. Don't buy any single dip you see. Focus on the very big major events, the big major support zones. Accumulate on these levels and you're going to do incredible things in the next two years. So, Simon, are you saying 13.8 is the bottom or 12? What's kind of what are you thinking based on your analysis? So, based on on chain metrics, on average, people purchase on the macro view, people purchase at 12K. So, 12K is a big uh, magnet. And if okay. the market really dumps, we could see 12K happening. But before that, 13,800 was a local top. Um, gotcha. Back in, I don't know, like 2017, but early 2017, I guess. Um, okay. But that zone, probably, you know, people waiting on the sidelines, like you and I holding cash, they yep. might buy right there. And probably we're not going to see 12K. But if we do, guys, 12K, the chance to drop from 12K, or let's say the chances to go up from 12K to a new all-time high is higher than from 12K, 12K going down 50% to 6K, the chances are super low to hit 6K. Risk reward ratio is very high when we hit 12K. So get, get ready guys, if it happens tomorrow or in two or three months, um, you wanna do a lump sum investment. Um, that is pretty much like research did by Vanguard and many more. Dollar cost averaging is great, but only if you know the trend is gonna go up, but a lump sum investment at the very bottom, or you know, obviously, only if you know the fundamentals kick in, you know the uh, money printing machine is going to go on. Lump sum investments have been historically a better investment than dollar cost averaging. Awesome. And this and is the chance. Yes, and we're going to dive into our next news, which is a JP Morgan related article. JP Morgan may be seeing a lot of the same things that Selman is, but we got 220 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Tomorrow is going to be a massive day as BitBoy Crypto is joining the channel. If you guys want to ask him any specific questions, please type them in the live chat after the show today. I am going to be going through the live chat and picking a couple of questions to ask BitBoy tomorrow on the live stream. But with that being said, let's get into some more news. As JP Morgan says, you should sell your crypto because they want to buy it. So David Kelly, who is the global chief economist for JP Morgan, claims that investors should dump cryptocurrencies. Kelly is convinced that the persistent hawkishness of the U.S. Federal Reserve will spell more trouble for digital assets ahead. He's also bearish on large cap tech stocks as Bitcoin has been trading in tandem with these large tech stocks for quite a while now. So Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that central banks would continue its aggressive campaign to raise interest rates at the Jackson Hole Conference. The Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank president said that he was happy about the market sell-off since it indicates that investors understand the Fed is fully committed to bringing inflation back to 2%, and it's going to be a bumpy road for us to get there. Johnny Crypto, I got to give you the floor, my friend. We talk about the Federal Reserve trying to do right by investors. Well, how do you feel about their battle against inflation? You know, at the end of the day, um, well, if you're talking about the battle versus inflation, there's only one tool they have to use, right? It's raising lower interest rates, and they're just going to use the tools they have to do it. Um, when you look at J.P. Morgan, you know, telling people what to do and what not to do, I just go back to what Yosko said when we had him on the show. He said, look, if an institution wants to get into something, they're not going to tell you. <laughs> tell you when they get into it. In fact, you're going to do something to make it look like it's going the opposite direction, and then they're going to get in, right? So, you know, I apply that same kind of logic to all these institutions and all this news you hear. 
the big institutions, if they're telling you something in one direction, it probably means that they're going <laughs> going in another direction. So uh, if they're telling you to sell, it means, like you said, abs, they probably want to buy, right? Try to get as low as possible and buy. I won't be surprised if a lot of these institutions are gearing up and getting ready to load their bags in October and November of this coming year. So I'm going to try the same thing. And I want to remind our listeners that where were these articles about JP Morgan telling you to sell the top of Ethereum or the top of Bitcoin, but they're more than willing to tell you to sell your currencies when you're at an 80, 90% loss from where we were just nine months ago. Jackie, I know you got some thoughts. The floor is yours. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to chime in and say. Just three weeks ago, they were talking about it. Yeah, literally three weeks ago, they were talking about how much the merge was going to affect the Ethereum price, how they were looking at, you know, a rebound price for Ethereum. Um, and of course, we saw a sell-off. So I never believe anything um, when it comes to J.P. Morgan. Most most banks that come out with articles, you definitely you definitely kind of got to look towards the opposite direction of what they're saying. Um, but yeah, just interesting. Like it was literally give three weeks time in between news articles, and you'll see a flip flop um, of most of most views, one way or the other. You're spot on, Jackie, and it's a good indicator. If they're telling you to buy, we may have reached the top, and if they're telling you to sell, we may have reached the bottom. But Selman G, you're the technical expert here. You just broke down how Bitcoin may be going lower. Is J.P. Morgan actually protecting investors by telling them not to buy at these prices? It's funny because sometimes, like literally a couple of weeks ago, or let's say in July, it was in July, they said that um, despite the fact that volume is really low, they uh, cryptocurrencies managed to hold uh, significant support zones. And guess what? We don't. Right. So it was kind of like uh, they were predicting, uh, you know, you want to do what the opposite of what they're saying. And we always said, take profits, guys, or lock profits. Uh, if they're bullish, we should be bearish. And now um, that they're talking like that, it's it's interesting. Sometimes it looks like they, they exactly predict what's going to happen just to say, we told you so. And then people gain trust. They gain trust again. And then all of a sudden they do the Jim Cramer uh move again and then like you know do the opposite so right now guys it's it's really risky it's really it really depends on the fomc meeting and everything like short term we want to see what's going to happen but i can tell you this based on on-chain metrics the wallet addresses with with balance over ten thousand. they have been cashing out they were selling but we still got a lot of bitcoin outflow this means retailers are uh, buying and moving their bitcoins out of exchanges and you got, but it's interesting. Ethereum, whales have been accumulating Ethereum like crazy. Balance, uh, if you check out the wallet address balances, it's it's skyrocketing. We covered that on the market update call in our Zoom calls. It's crazy what's happening right now. So it's the buyer by the rumors tell the news. I don't know if it's the end. Maybe we can see one last push, a couple more bullish news updates where they're dumping their backs. But I still don't believe that, you know, market is going to be super bullish anytime soon. Um, it's because volume is really dead. Maybe September things could change because people are on vacation. They're coming back. But guys, holding cash, no one, no one really uh, lost money from taking profits or holding cash on the sideline. Wait for the great, um, great uh, opportunity in the markets. Yes, just ask Johnny Crypto about selling his Amazon back in 2001, my friend. But I want to kick it to Jackie. Jackie, I know you had a comment before we get into our next article. Yeah, that was something that I just want to reiterate and um, kind of just really, really emphasize when when someone was showing um, technical analysis with 
the market cipher indicators. That yellow X, I do just want to reiterate, that was on a weekly time frame. We've never before seen that in history of Bitcoin chart. Um, so that is a huge indicator that, and also the volume, obviously, um, ask Selman, ask Billy, volume is the, if not the biggest indicator of where we're going. Yes. Yeah, so very low. Um, so just keep that in mind um, when, when you are thinking about investing dollar cost averaging. Thank you so much, Jackie. And we got 240 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into some of the VChain news for today. And again, I'm going to remind our listeners that tomorrow we got BitBoy Crypto joining the show. So feel free to post your questions and we will ask him tomorrow. But this news, this may be one for the history books as VChain enters a new partnership with Canadian product verification software company. This is going to be huge. We've seen VChain utilized by Walmart. We've seen VChain utilized by supply chain companies. And now we're seeing VChain be utilized in the cannabis industry. Let's break it down. VeChain will help in verifying the authenticity of products in the legal cannabis industry residing in Canada. We're excited to announce this strategic integration partnership with True Trance Technologies, a Canadian SAS platform that will soon offer VeChain tool to clients. Together, we're accelerating blockchain adoption, pro provenance, and authentication. So this is really exciting news making this whole process more transparent, but also bringing additional value to the VeChain blockchain. One of the projects that we've been overly bullish on is VeChain over this past year, just because of all the great projects and all the great partnerships that they brought in. This is another example here. Let's start off with Johnny. What do you think about the VeChain deal? And how do you feel about global adoption of VeChain, Johnny? Well, you know, for me, I know that when you're in this space, uh, consumers, goods, companies, there's nothing more important than understanding and being able to see your whole supply chain. Right. And, and folks, if you're not in the space, it's hard to understand that. But knowing where the materials come, then to getting to the manufacturer and then from the manufacturer, getting them to um, the shipping containers, like the containers to the distribution centers, then to the store, then to you. Right. That is a logistics nightmare for companies. And it's extremely costly. OK, when you have a system like VeChain, it solves a lot of those issues uh, in those costs operational costs along the way when you're trying to figure out where your stuff is, where it's, uh, you know, where it's going, where it's been, where it's at, all those things add up. Just stuff sitting in a storage warehouse adds cost, right? It's called holding cost, right? So the more you know, the more you understand about your system, the more educated you are, the more data you have regarding that, then then ultimately at the end of the day, the, uh, whoops, the, then the, um, the better you have an opportunity of knowing, um, and keeping your costs down. So I love VeChain. I love to see them continue to expand out in different industries and in different spaces. I've got my bags packed with them. It's another one of those that I just think, you know, you bet on some racehorses. And that's one of the racehorses I'm personally betting on. That's Johnny, when we talk about building generational wealth, you look for those low cap buying opportunities. And VeChain's a good example. VeChain's only about two and a half cents. So for many of our young listeners out there, if you don't have a ton of expendable income, this could be a project where you can get a ton of shares at a very low price. Selman, I want to kick it to you and get some thoughts on VeChain. But first, I want to read one quote from this article. As VeChain has announced multiple partnerships throughout the year, one of the partnerships uh, actually enables investing in the infrastructure of digital currencies, while Cambodia's leading luxury alcoholic beverage distributor has integrated VeChain's technology to combat counterfeit projects. More and more use cases coming to VeChain. What does that mean to you, Mr. G? Um, just a quick fact that no one really wants to know. Uh, cannabis is um, legal since September 2018, so it's been four years now. And now you see VeChain is also active in you know Canada. That just just reminded me of that, and it's interesting because you know VeChain is is a startup, just like all these other altcoins, right? 
but you want to invest in these fundamentally strong ones and the team is still working with great partnerships and like you know you don't have any other uh, project working in the cannabis field or you know the the one you brought up right now it's all just that it's interesting and it's necessary we need that because there is a lot of a lot of manipulation happening and a lot of uh, consumers are getting scammed and we just want to avoid that so this kind of uh, service is necessary even though you know yes they're collecting data but you know all these centralized institutions the big guys they are collecting your data anyway but this is is a this is for a great cause it can really reduce the uh, these kind of scams um, by 99% so um, i'm super bullish on vchain to be honest so it's no financial advice it's just my personal opinion i really it just resonates with me the idea that you can verify um, products you can see uh, the whole ch supply supply chain management of it you can see from where it came from and this is going to be great for carbon footprints as well so vchain is going to play an important role there as well i truly believe in that uh, it's not out yet but it you're going to see great partnerships in the future so um yeah definitely guys do your research check it out Thank you. And we got 222 live listeners. Thank you, Susie Gemini. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue talking about VeChain here because they brought up some very good things, specifically addressing Ethereum. VeChain's enterprise blockchain technology will improve the system's transparency, protecting users from adulterated projects. Although our confidence in the power of blockchain to support this mission never wavered, there were some serious difficulties in using this technology with erroneous gas fees and being limited to permission-based systems basically criticizing Ethereum and other proof of work. Jackie, what do you think about this VeChain development and the fact that gas fees were a big issue when integrating some of the older technology? Yeah, and that's something to be expected um, early on. Obviously, uh, they, you know, they've been built on Ethereum for a while. So early on, that obviously was something to be expected. Um, but I don't think, you know, down the road, I don't think that that will pose um, an issue as we, you know, as we continue to develop, as things continue to get upgraded and things like that on Ethereum, um, obviously that's what most people are hoping for. Not saying, um, not saying one way or the other, because we obviously can't predict the future. But that is something that is hoped for um, as as Ethereum continues to scale, continues to develop. Um, so I think a lot of projects that are built on Ethereum, VeChain um, in particular, you know, they they have a long-term belief in the technology. So I think that that's something, you know, as it poses a problem now, they probably are are predicting, well, obviously are predicting in the future that it'll, it'll be easier, quicker, things like that. Exactly. And we've got some more groundbreaking news. Someone, I'm coming to you on this one. As Meta has announced that you can now share NFTs on both Facebook and Instagram. We covered some XRPL NFT news. What do you think about this, Selman? Mass adoption is going to be coming, and this is going to be huge for the younger generation who spends most of their time on these applications. This, you know, we've been expecting this, and it's coming, guys. Twitter uh, was first. Now Facebook is adopting that. You see Meta is slowly um, building the infrastructure. We're getting ready. But please never forget, guys, mass adoption is not something like you wake up, damn, we got mass adoption. It's a slow and boring process. But for us, it's exciting, of course. Um, but um, this is this is pretty much like going to introduce NFTs to my mother. She she knows NFTs a little bit, but she she just believes that's just JPEGs. But like a lot of people, even like people from like developing countries that have never seen it before, but are using Facebook, all the grandmas, grandpas, they will see what NFTs are 
And so you see slowly that mass adoption, that uh, predictive programming kind of stuff, right, is happening. And then in the next coming, in the next two or three years, you're going to see how the real NFT bull run is going to happen. Like it's always going to be the waves. We had a great run. Yes, a lot of people got introduced to NFTs, but the real utilities, they're yet to be found. And so get ready, guys. It's, it's going to be wild. And we've got some more groundbreaking news on the XRP front as half a mil, half, sorry, half a billion XRP left the Kraken exchange this weekend and were put into a private wallet. An XRPL whale transferred more than $160 million worth of XRP, which totaled more than 500 million XRP in total value. The 500 million XRP transferred from the Kraken exchange to an unknown wallet. And here's the most exciting part. That transaction cost them 0.00000039. So a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny. Johnny Crypto, you are looking at the future right now. What does this news mean to you that it cost barely anything to move all of that value, but also the fact they took 500 million off the exchange? I just want to hear you say how many zeros we have. Can you say that again? How many zeros? <laughs> I don't think our listeners like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of zeros, baby. And that's why XRP. You know, anyone likes zeros. Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think. Uh, well, if you're an XRP holder, you like that because that's going to lead potentially to its adoption, right? The fact that you can move hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars for pennies on the dollar is huge. And that's the biggest challenge today in the current cross-border payment system is it's expensive. It's extremely expensive to move money across seas. And then there's risk because of the time, you know, two to three days to settle, exchange rates settling, going back and forth, right? All that goes away. Take all that stuff, roll up in a nice ball, throw that son bitch in the garbage. Gone. You don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Extremely cheap, extremely efficient, extremely fast. Uh, it's just mind-boggling me why it's not already adopted and running, to be honest with you. But um, obviously somebody knows something when you're moving this kind of amount of, of, of coin someplace. It kind of tells you – it tells you something's up, guys. So, uh, listen, Abs may be buying his coffee and XRP. I certainly – I'm saving every single XRP. None of it's going anywhere except in my bags. You're right, Johnny. And I think something that's very important is that the XRPL has never had a failed transaction on their ledger. And when you look at the SWIFT banking system, not only is it way more cost effective, not only does it take much longer to process, but there's a 3% failed transaction rate. And when you're doing hundreds of billions of transactions, that is a crap load of transactions that are failed every year. Selman, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and then we'll kick it to Jackie. How do you feel about all of this XRP being moved off Kraken for a fraction of a penny? I mean, transaction costs are zero, literally. And I bet it only took him, on the exchange, it only took him probably two minutes. The reason is on exchanges, it has to get verified, blah, blah, blah. But if it was from my wallet to App's wallet, right, without any exchange, I'm just copying his wallet address, it would take seconds. And that's crazy. And uh, if you, if I wanted to send $160 million to App's right now, from Germany to the U.S., literally it would take uh with with a slippage big slippage probably um like a, a week maybe right sorry i need to go to the fed to uh, not fed the central bank here in 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 germany as well to to get that money over i need to do paperwork all of that it's not that easy guys it could take even high, um, longer plus with a high uh, transaction fee so i'm not saying slippage i'm saying big transaction fee so this is the future this is the future, guys, 100%. He's holding it. Literally, he, he, he can put it on a ledger and then move around, travel the world with it. 
you're only allowed to carry ten thousand dollars with you but if you have 160 million dollars in, in a in a usb drive imagine that like dude you are the king so this is this is the future i'm super excited crypto is is just life-changing it's a it really is. It really is exciting, Someone, And I think we're going to see more and more of this going forward. One of the things I want to paint the picture for our listeners right now, if you're using the current SWIFT banking system and someone was going to send me cash, it would take up to seven days. But if he was going to transfer me, let's use a billion dollars, for example, if he was going to transfer me a billion dollars, they would charge him $300,000 for that transaction. If you're using XRP, that costs less than a penny. So when we're talking about how this is going to change the entire world, it really is. Jackie, why don't you just close this out here and then we'll roll into the remainder of our articles. I think you touched on it great. Um, that's what people like to see, you know, not not anything cutting into their hard-earned money. So, yeah, that's a good perspective you painted. Exactly. And we're actually showing the XRP price chart dating the November 4th date as a key indicator that we may break our bearish trend. David Schwartz, who's the founder of XRP and a key developer on the network, tweeted out, you have until November 4th to figure out what the Roku channel is. Somebody actually took the price chart and drew this beautiful triangle here showing that we may break out right around the same time frame. Selman, sorry to keep going back to you, but you are the technical expert. How do you feel about this price chart? And could this be used as a real indicator that we may actually get some bullish momentum after November? I mean, to be honest, it's still, it really looks great. I mean, on the, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like the macro views, right? So this one, to be honest, um, it, like it, I, I, to be honest, I would really use this. I'm being honest right now. The support is super valid. We got so many support and resistance there. Um, and we also got the falling trend with many touches. It's super valid. So this is actually interesting. Now it's a falling wedge. Yes, it might be bullish, right? So, uh, but what also happens is you break above, but you don't see that skyrocketing event. Maybe it just continues, um, just continues um, sideways action. If that happens, that trend is totally invalid. Even now, like to be honest, the only thing that I don't like about this now is after touching uh, support or resistance for so many times, it really didn't see any breakouts. So that's why I would say that falling wedge is invalid. This is the only thing. But um, if if we don't look at it as a falling wedge, but just uh, just focusing on the falling uh, falling trend. That resistance, once we break that, then, you know, we can uh, accumulate again at a retest. You lower your risk by a lot and um, have a great, you know, a great buying opportunity, buying uh, level. But keep in mind, November 4th, that could be the very bottom for crypto. Who knows? Thank you, Salman. And we're going to update our listeners now on the Flare Network airdrop that is supposed to take place this September. I want to remind our listeners that earlier this month, Flare changed their Spark token to the Flare token to remove some of that confusion. So the Flare token, 15% of your airdrop is supposed to happen this September. This is going to be huge for DeFi, not only on the XRPL, but for DeFi all across the world. I want to kick it to Johnny K. It's been a little while, Johnny. What are some of your thoughts on the Flare Network development here? And, and how do you feel about this? All the times they've pushed the date back, we're finally going to get our airdrop. I mean, you know how I feel. I talk about it every time. It's like the boy, this is the boy that cried wolf story. So until it actually happens, I'm not even, I don't even care. Just come to me when it happens. Until I'm not going to comment. Forget it. So we're coming back to you in September, Johnny. Jackie, maybe, I'd love to know if you had any thoughts. 2024. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I, I really hope we get this first airdrop in September. I remember when they first came out with this flare news. It was the only thing XRP people were talking about. Now all of it has faded into the background. But Jackie, are you a little bit optimistic about this flare network update? 
Um, I'll continue to be optimistic because I have an IOU from them. So yeah, I, I'm just waiting. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm more excited for the bet that you and Gonzo have going on. What did you guys bet on that? <laughs> that was actually Selman. So I think oh, Selman and Gonzo. I think they bet on which one would happen first. It was either the Flare Network airdrop or the Ethereum upgrade. Right. What were the stakes, though? Like a, uh, I don't know. There was like a million Shiba, which Barbecue. might be like two cents. Maybe yeah, that's eight cents. Like that. A rack of ribs. No? Dude, what about a date? It, it might have been a date with Jack. I wasn't in the bag. There was someone involved. It was very popular. I'll jump in on that. A full set of ribs. Yeah, so I, I bet on the Flare mainnet. The mainnet update um, might happen before the ETH merge. And um, I mean, the right now it looks like ETH merge is going to happen before, but like uh, the bet is still going on, guys. I, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Flare mainnet is right around the corner. Thank you, Selman. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And we're going to show you a development from the Ethereum update. As Ethereum is breaking down the moment they launched their first Genesis block, they called it a biblical moment. So we're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Um, I was there when the Genesis block of Ethereum got created. I was with Joe Lubin and a, a bunch of guys in New Jersey. And it was an apocryphal day. There was a massive thunderstorm. The whole building was shaking. Lightning was flashing. All of a sudden, the Genesis block gets created, and it was like a bi biblical uh, uh, kind of moment. It's like when Jesus was born, my friends. The Ethereum network launched in a storm. This is very interesting and very funny. What are some of your thoughts, Selman? Why don't you just take us a, on a little more of a funny approach here? Nothing too serious. Them calling the Ethereum Foundation, they're saying that the launch was biblical. Um, <laughs> that's, that's also great, like a great marketing technique as well, you know, exaggerating a little bit. It might be true that, you know, uh, there was a storm out there, but guys, come on. Um, you don't want to do investment decisions based on, you know, a biblical moment there, right? Um, if you want to build generational wealth, you really need to work with fundamentals, right? And not, not with, um, stories there. So be, um, like be very focused. And with laser eyes, do your research, check it out, guys. I mean, um, if that was a biblical moment, what might, what happened to uh, to the first block of XRPL? I'm really curious. Probably also a huge storm, right? An earth earthquake or something like that. So um, yeah, just do a lot of research, guys. And if it resonates with you, invest in in Ethereum. If not, then just uh, focus on the other blockchain. There are so many beautiful projects out there. Awesome. And we only have about five minutes left. So we're going to dive into how the world may look after the US dollar collapses. But before we do that, we got 212 live listeners. Show us some love, show us some support, bash that like button. And we're going to dive into this article right here as a post dollar world is almost upon us. This month, as the dollar surged to levels not seen in nearly 20 years, an analyst invoked the argument to predict more gains ahead for the mighty greenback. Even as US stocks fell to a dot-com bust, the dollar continued rising before entering a decline starting in 2002 that lasted all the way until 2008. The U.S. currency's decline could last even longer this time around as the value of the dollar against other major currencies is now 20% above its long-term trend. Since the 1970s, the typical upswing in a dollar cycle has lasted about seven years and the current upswing is in year 11. We are way overextended on the dollar and there's plenty of indicators showing us exactly that. Nations 
Nations see their currencies weakening when the rest of the world no longer trusts that they can pay their bills. Well, the U.S. currently owes over $18 trillion or 73% of U.S. GDP in debt, which is far beyond the 50% threshold that has crashed many currencies in the past. So I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. Johnny, we've watched the currencies collapse before. We're seeing it again. There's many indicators stating that the U.S. dollar is about to collapse. What are you anticipating from assets if that's the case? You know, this is one of those things where... Because of the unknown, you don't know what it means. We don't. We haven't lived and experienced a crash. I'm sure there were people. In, I think the last world reserve currency was the UK. Uh, the UK. I think their dollar, right? So, so they went through that process, and I'm sure it was painful for them. We don't know what it's going to be like. And frankly, Abs, that's something that I think is everybody you hear says it can be ugly. So for me, one of the reasons why. Um, I'm diversifying into precious metals is exactly for this reason. I've been prepping for this for a very, very long time, sitting on, you know, real in-hand precious metals because you need to, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And um, you want to make sure that there's only, you know, Yusko said it best, there's only one real money. It's only been one forever. That's all there ever is, and it's gold. Gold and silver are real money. That's it. Bottom line. Now, you can argue whether it is or not, but that's just historically for the past 5,000 years. That's what the world has used. And everything else is what he called currency, which is just a debt. So the reality is if you really, truly want to protect yourself um, when all these other different currencies are going away, coming in and out of play, well, then it logically says you should be in one place, right? And that's gold and silver. So um, I just, me personally, am making sure I've got some of my bags there. And the other thing I'm doing is putting some of my bags in cryptocurrency because I think those two are the way to manage this in the future. And if I can figure out how to get the one, I'm going to buy some one as well. So for 94 years on average is how long the typical global reserve currency will last. And the dollar has actually lasted for more than a hundred years. So it's reign is long overdue. The dollar should have already collapsed already. And I think we're going to watch that play out over these next few years. Jackie, as an American citizen who holds the U S dollar, what are some of your thoughts about the DXY collapsing, even though it's been nothing but profitable for the last decade? Gosh, I don't know. There's been so many different theories on on what could happen, what will happen. And me, I, I'm not an economist or by any means. Um, I, you know, I think that as these, you know, as it all comes to an end, um, this might be exactly the point in time when they roll out the new system and might be a-okay. Who knows? <laughs> But I, I mean, I'm not counting on that particularly. Um, that's why I will agree with Johnny on that. Definitely hedge your bets. Um, diverse, diversification is key. Um, and I will also touch point on, you know, getting not only, um, you know, like not only financial um, diversification, but also, you know, monetary goods such as, you know, packing up like food storage, things like that, just, just in case you know, things, things go real, real south. And guys, awesome. real quick, this is more valuable than the Euro now, more valuable than 20 euros. That's crazy. It really crazy is crazy. That. And it's, I think it's a great indicator of where things are headed. We also cover constantly what BRICS nations are doing, how they're trying to create a separate system outside of SWIFT in order to transact global value. So this shift it's only getting started, and our listeners are aware. We got 210 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button, and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday. Tomorrow, we have BitBoy Crypto joining the show, so be sure to tune in for that episode as we will be getting started a half an hour early tomorrow. So like we always say, 
Warriors Rise. And we're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Selman G. And thank you to Johnny Crypto. Another amazing episode. And it's like we always say, Warriors Rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.